So, you like flying? Of course, I'm more comfortable on the ground where I can see. Well, I don't see the way you do. I feel the vibrations in the ground with my feet, but the sand is so loose and shifty, it makes everything look fuzzy. Not that there's anything wrong with fuzzy. Welcome once again to the Bitter Durs podcast. Uh, we are a queer Avatar The Last Airbender super fan podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Derek Reining. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host who has eaten the fruit and tasted its mysteries, Sam Stanish. The library is buried because reading is what? Subsedimental. Holy shit. <laughs> what a, well, what a banger of a intro. <laughs> I was really proud of myself when I came up with it. You were? Rude. <laughs> <laughs> Just a question. No judgment in my in- inflection. Um, but yes, uh, we are joined once again by a man with a vaguely elemental name. It's uh, Matt Rain. I, if I was in the, the world of Avatar, I 100% would not be a vendor. <laughs> <laughs> it's the irony it's like they say they hear matt rain they're like oh like waterbender you're like no sorry just normal guy bright would make me their charlie brown boy oh. <laughs> look at the sad little boy <laughs> i mean they already had the the who's is does the kid who's like always has a dust cloud does he have a name in peanuts yeah pig, pig pen pig pen he they they already kind of had pig pen in that one episode he's like one of the airbenders Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, but mm. everyone loves Big Pen. He he fucks. He's fine. He fucks. So <laughs> what you said? I, I apologize for the language. Oh my. I do feel like sometimes the grossest boys fuck the best. Unfortunately. <laughs> oh god, what is what is happening? We, we what? Someone clocked how long we've been now. <laughs> it's been this like is, less than a full minute. <laughs> Too it's much. Good. Welcome back okay. to the Joe Rogan's coverage of Avatar. I miss when we were talking about uh, classifications of rocks. That was better. Aww. That was nice. Well, yeah. you slapped me down when I I know uh, I should joke been... about it. So you you chose you chose the door and you chose incorrectly. I know. I should have appreciated what I had when I had it. Mm-hmm. Now look what I've done. Classic lesson. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, thank you for joining us once more, Matt, to talk about not one, but two episodes, The Library and The Dessert, or Desert, as some would call it. Um, Yum. Yum. (laughs) Yum. It's just a big bowl of teen angst. Oh, is there any other kind of great bowl of anything? No. I mean, those little fruity beverages looked yummy. Those looked honestly pretty good. That looked good. I wanted one. When I saw that, I was like, I think I might make myself a little smoothie. (laughs) (laughs) If only I had an ice bowl. It's like, of course they're going to run out of this ice sculpture if they're using it for bowls. There's, I mean, who's not going to buy one of these things? They were like, oh my god, I can't believe this whole thing is deteriorated. It's like, this is not a, like, replenishing resource. Like, it doesn't even make sense to begin with. I can't believe it wasn't classified as a national park. When they showed the exterior of that place, my first thought was, oh, climate change. But then when they went in the bar, I'm like, oh, they're just making fun drinks out of it. <laughs> I mean, but, it's kind of a climate change thing because, like, we know it's not replenishable, but we're just using it up anyway. It's true. Yeah, it could be that, like, they must have come under new management, but, like, in the last time, <laughs> cracked me up. 
that whole episode, this whole episode was very funny. The, it the, was the library, so good. I oh, I yeah. was kind of think we talked last we talked a couple weeks ago about people saying Zuko alone is the episode you should watch. Blah 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 blah. If you like at first or whatever. And I was sort of I like and I I've, I've come away from this and like don't really think this anymore. But I was really thinking that like the library is a really 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 solid singular episode of the show. But unfortunately, everything that happens in it is like about the larger plot. So like it doesn't really you can't like watch it by itself. But I do think it is like so phenomenal from top to bottom. It's a great episode for like okay, you've been watching the show, you get the you get the groove of the show. Uh, let's have now. Let's have a little. Let's have a little dessert. Let's have some fun, mm. and especially because I hadn't seen. Because I rewatched Avatar and then rewatched The Legend of Korra, and that was like a couple months ago, or maybe years ago. I don't know how long the pandemic has been happening, but <laughs> no one does. But man, when I watched it, uh, thank you for for choosing these episodes, or at least the first one, because the first one was a lot of fun. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Second one's fun in like a really sad way. Maybe real sad, but it was good. Both are good episodes. Uh, yeah, this episode is great. It's like a it's a fun adventure to a thing you've never heard of before. Like it got a they got dungeon crawl elements. You find out yeah. about like this cool eclipse thing. It does it does really feel like both eclipses have because like what did she say? Like, I, oh, she was saying. Never mind. Sorry. The, the, we find <laughs> out about this thing for that like is like what we've been waiting for it's like this is the time what we'll, we'll, this is the way we'll finally be able to destroy the fire nation this is a very similar time of the season and in a two-part episode where we found out about sozin's comet in season one like far away oh. through season one we found out about the comet and now we're finding out about the day of black sun it's like what are we going to find out about on book three episodes eight to and nine i know i already know but i <laughs> forecast they're gonna they're gonna happen upon a cavern um, haunted by um, a giant turtle spirit, and they're gonna learn that Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> it's pretty intense. Sorry, spoiler yeah. alert. That's how I, I learned that, Mercury was in retrograde. That episode of Avatar. The characters were acting like Mercury was in retrograde in the following episode. Hello. In the desert. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, someone write up the birth charts for all these characters. I'm sure there's an explanation for their behavior in there somewhere. Well, we couldn't probably like speculate wildly on the star chart that Katara was following in the desert episode. That's true. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's like fake bullshit stars, but um, we could make up more <laughs> fake bullshit zodiacs for them. That'd be fun. I just feel like if there's all like they have the four elements thing, I just don't think that anyone in their society would ever think to like further like MBTI astro- <laughs> astrology. I just don't think that they would ever do that because they already exist in a world where they are they have that built into their like spirits. That's true. I feel, I feel like in that society, when people realize, oh shit, I can control water or I can control fire and all this stuff, I feel like everything else kind of fell to the wayside a little bit as far yeah. as like no this is what we're all about now mm-hmm. if i yeah. could if i could move air with my mind that would be my entire personality i wouldn't do hey. i wouldn't have anything else to my name i wouldn't do anything else yeah buzzfeed articles would be kind of redundant here like <laughs> i already know i got the, the whole vibe i already get i know what i am oh but think of the quizzes yeah, oh my. It's like, what kind of lemur are you? Are you a flying lemur? Are you some other hybrid monster that lives on our planet? What kind of emu horse would you be? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take that quiz now. Somebody do that. Uh, I'll email uh, BuzzFeed and suggest it. Yeah. <laughs> or you can make quizzes on their community page. Yeah, maybe you'll go viral and get hired by BuzzFeed, Matt. That's, That's actually the ultimate dream. Happen. Yeah, you should put all your eggs in that basket right now. Yeah, why Good not? <laughs> I, I I don't have any baskets in the moment. I could put I could do to put some eggs in something. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we were talking about those smoothies earlier, and I just want to say, um, when Ang bumps into the professor, Ang's first reaction is not to like apologize or anything. He says, "Oh, don't worry, I cleaned up okay." <laughs> like, Ang, that's not really the problem here. You just wasted this man's gold coin by yeah. spilling his beverage. Also, Fortunately, he, he didn't seem mad, but... He cleaned up in a way that, like, must have wrecked the shop they were in. Like, he blasted the <laughs> bowl away. His his shirt got clean, but, like, it probably, like, sprayed stuff out onto the <laughs> walls and stuff. Just He's the Avatar, and he's so entitled. It's the equivalent of like a dog getting wet and then like splashing and getting all the water off and then go, I clean good. Yeah. <laughs> I was also concerned at the very next thing that happened because Professor Zay was like, oh my God, you're an antique, like blah, blah, blah. And he started measuring his skull. <laughs> and I was like, this is, this is not uh -oh. good. Like, this is not good. <laughs> We're getting into eugenics on Avatar. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Isn't it normal for college professors to measure the skulls of children? Yeah. <laughs> anthropology professors especially it's true true it's future really stuff ted of anthropology which again a solid solid joke from the show oh that was really good there are a lot of good <laughs> solid jokes i thought in the library <laughs> yeah me too honestly my i think i laughed out loud the hardest not to jump around but if you don't mind of course when, when the professor first encounters uh Oh, what's that, what's the owl's name? Wan Shi Tong. Wan Shi Tong, and he goes like, "You can't be here," and he goes, "Ooh." <laughs> my so favorite so joke. My favorite joke in this episode is when Toph goes, "There it is." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so That's good. what it'll sound like when one of you sees it. Right. Yeah. Probably. Also, Damn, when man. they're like, when they're like, they're the. Wan Chi Tong's foxy like like gu guide people or whatever, and they're, like they have the conversation about whether they're foxes or whether they're like swarthy handsome people, and then it's like they're both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just casual furry furry reveal for Professor Zay there. <clears throat> I think that the the fox characters are like fascinating and would love to read like an in world novel about the like uh, one of the foxes like going to like collect information for Wan Chi Tong. I think that that is an, like an amazingly interesting idea that like it, it it just sort of exists in the world and you hear about it and then we don't find much out about it and I would love to know more. Also because like the first time you see it he shows up and like oh I think that's one of them and he has like a scroll and he just climbs walks up a wall and it's like how do we not get to learn more information about how those guys work? <laughs> And how do they feel about serving an owl? Like, what is what is the inner workings of a mind of a foxy information seeker? Yeah, they clearly are. Like, they have emotions. Like, one is sheepish at one point. Um, yeah, and one cute. of them, I'm one of them wanted a tip. It's true. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> Go ahead. He did his job. Yeah, he should have gotten it. Yeah, the gig economy it gets us all. You know, can't blame oh, him. Do you think they get health care from what? <laughs> From, from the giant I, spear owl. The giant spear owl. 
yeah, for sure. What was it? Wait, I don't know what I was thinking. Well, uh, well, I was gonna say though. Um, I speaking of Toph and like the fact that I feel like in this episode they like make a point to like reiterate like Toph is blind, obviously. Um, and I do like that they like make a plot or like it's it contributes to the plot in a way here because it's like she has no interest in books, obviously. Um, but uh, you know, it always makes me sad. I'm like. Just wait a few hundred years. I'm sure you guys will invent audiobooks at some point, Toph. When was, when was Braille invented? True, yeah. I don't know. If Braille existed, Toph could, Toph could read a whole book in a second. Oh, she could feel the whole book. And she, she could see the whole, got... whole every word in it at one point, at one time, and just be like, I got it. I think she'd still <laughs> hate reading and be like, this is easy. That's yeah, <laughs> true. Not enough of a challenge. I did feel bad for her, though, a little bit in this episode, because I was like, hey, we're going to go to a library. And she's like, fucking great. I guess so. And, like, they were like, she was like, when am I going to get to go on a vacation? And they are like, you're going to have to be in the world-saving group for a bit longer before you can accrue vacation time. Plus, yeah. uh, her, much like Anakin Skywalker, she doesn't like sand. Mm -mm. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's gritty. It's... Etc. Whatever else he fucking says in that movie. It gets in your shoes. I don't know what he said. But, <laughs> but there was a time where I would watch that clip once a week. Uh, <laughs> it's a favorite on our prequel memes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, I was going to say, though, like this whole episode feels very Tatooine. If we're talking about like parallels, we got your Tusken Raiders and the Sandbenders. Um, and of West. <laughs> In the next one, Aang even goes full Anakin, almost full Anakin, because he wants to go after those Tusken Raiders because they think they took his mom. I mean, Appa. Yeah, the women and the younglings too, or whatever he says. <laughs> we get a bunch of um, the like, what's it, the cantina scenes too, with the place with oh, the juices, and that we, we get it. We go back again with Zuko, and there's a bunch of bounty hunters. So it was very Star Wars. Oh yeah, it's fun. I mean, like, uh, especially in the world of Avatar, they made it so much fun. And I love the sandbenders, like their ships or whatever they're called with the sails. I, I was like, these guys look like friggin' Tuscan Raiders. I'm having a blast. <laughs> we yeah, love a That's sand ship. <laughs> sand ship just feels like a, a requisite for any sort of fantasy tale of any kind. I need it. Was that one? So earlier in the library, when they got to the oasis, uh, and before they even go in, that one guy spits at him, but it looks like he's wearing like even he, it, I guess they're sunglasses or something. But that even looked mm. like stuff Tuscan Raiders would wear. They're <laughs> like, um, oh, I know the like the creators have talked about it before, but they're to like mitigate like the glare from like the uh. sun um, on the sand. I guess so, like kind of like proto sunglasses. I guess I get. The, okay. I guess also that iceberg gets shiny in the sun. Yeah, <laughs> the little mound of ice. I'm pretty sure. That, I mean, there's the creators have talked about the the sandbenders a lot for them to not really have a major impact on the show <laughs> and sort of only really be in this episode, as far as I can remember. Sorry for spoiling. I guess I have a hard time not spoiling when other when people don't show up again. But like, they're not really sorry. Anyway, they like they they're like 
what we they've they've said there's so many facts about them that we know where like they bend close like they use more closer to water bending movements because the sand is more wa like more of a liquid than like most earth bending would and like they also talk about like their their arms are wrapped up because like to avoid like if they get a cut like they don't want to have a bunch of like sand get in it and it could get infected right. i mean it all makes sense it is yeah. It would be. It is funny if they just keep only talking about sandbenders both <laughs> Avatar. <laughs> like, yeah, Maybe the next Earth Avatar is from a sandbending tribe. Ooh. Now that's interesting. Now that's Wait, interesting. I'm <laughs> clapping for that. <laughs> Stop the podcast. We gotta. We got something to pitch here to Nickelodeon. If I was at, if they announced that at Comic Con, I would. I'd start a mosh pit. I'd go nuts. It's better than the nothing <laughs> we're working with currently. Yeah, who knows what the hell's going to happen with that show. So they get into the library, <laughs> and they are basically immediately discovered by the owl man, Wan Shi Tong. And I love that. that they, they thought that they were going to be able to sneak around in the library. It's like, obviously, he knows immediately. Uh, and he knows like, 10,000 things. Presumably, one of those things is that there are people in my library right he's now. He's omnipresent within his library. One of the uh, things he knows is how footsteps sound. Yeah, <laughs> and like what rope looks like. <laughs> Something's fishy here. And he's like, I love, I love this that he's like, if you give me like information that I don't have, then you can stay and like it's it's really cool idea. Just like the, I feel like they've like really fleshed out this episode really well. Uh, and like they, Katara gives a water bending scroll, and the professor has books of some kind that. I can't remember at this first moment. Edition. First edition. I know because watching Toe says first edition, very nice. Yes. <laughs> and gives a scroll that uh, is like a wanted poster of him, which I think is very funny. And Sokka <laughs> like ties a rope. All very good character stuff. Yes. It was all perfect. It is. Yeah, I like that Sokka is like definitely like the idea guy, and that's what we think of him as. But then it's like when confronted with the idea of book smarts, it's like just not not a thing for him which is cool i like that there's this like little conflict between him and wan chi tong the whole episode <laughs> especially because wan chi tong is like act he's like i don't want humans in here because they're gonna use my information for war and saga's like no we won't but he's the whole he's the number one person who is gonna do that right <laughs> but i feel like wan chi tong is like the embodiment of like Hashtag enlightened centrism in this episode, <laughs> where he's like, uh, you're going to use this for war. It's like, yeah, to stop a war, dumb, dumb. Like, what? <laughs> True. Well, it's but, like, if if the war, if the world gets thrown out of balance by the Fire Nation winning, you will be affected, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? He's a big-ass owl, and he's got a lot, he's got books on the brain. It's Sometimes it's easy to lose. It, it's easy to lose fact of what's going on in the outside world. Uh, he he's, he's handled the pandemic perfectly. Yeah, he's been quarantined for thousands of years. He knew it was coming. Though I I feel like he has a pretty wide circle. If the foxes are going all over the world to collect information for him, did they ever show how many foxes were working for him? No, it's no, I, I don't. I don't remember how many we see in like one room at once yeah i mean see this is the sort of stuff that would be covered in my novel series we would go to a staff meeting of the foxes we would know about the hierarchy and the inner workings of the office politics of working for one people did they have a little table where they put their paws on while they're having a meeting and they just I'm bark at each other 
<laughs> so cute. Sam, I think uh, you got to write that. All I want to know about now are knowledge-seeking foxes and sandbenders. <laughs> Those would be the lead characters of my <laughs> desert set in-universe novel. <laughs> they go to the, the Fire Nation War. Okay, this is another thing. Once again, we're finding out about Zhao backstory, like, secondhand from someone else, which is just, like... That's the only time we've ever found out about like stuff about his history, but it's so weird that it's like happens over and over and over. I don't think there's any other character where it's just like we only hear secondhand information about him, but like that's what goes on here again. We find out he burned or like someone, but probably him, burned the Fire Nation like information mm. of in the library, which is like very forward thinking of him. I don't. That's like very smart actually, which I I just would never have thought to do that. Right. Yeah, good for Zhao. Yeah, good so, for him. Have a plan. <laughs> mm -hmm. Say what you will about Zhao, but um, he knows how to fuck shit up for teenagers. If someone ever writes a book about me, first thing I'm doing is going to the local library and setting that shit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Not just for you, but the entire auto, the entire biography section. Just to be safe, I gotta take it all down. <laughs> yeah, but and about your entire culture too, like every like every book on the United States of America, everything about your specific region of the of the country, it's gotta go. Or else oh, UCB manual. UCB manuals going down. The uh, oh, hate to say it, professional wrestling manual has to go down too. All of it has gotta go. I don't want my enemies to get any clue about me. No one That's will true. ever do a suplex again. No, but of course, I probably will forget about the planetarium where I do show up in. Yeah. You probably never even went to the planetarium. No, I'm a dingus. <laughs> I, I mean, I who built that? Like, or did they? Is this something that they stole from someone else? It's a gigantic room of their library. It's it's very cool. It's just very I cool. I can't even begin to conceptualize it. The yeah, planetarium. I love... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I love the design of like the concentric circles. Like that's um I always think of uh the book two collect like DVD collection has that on it. Gorgeous. Ooh. Yeah, and all that was real the planetarium was super nice. I loved it. But it did feel like it was came from somewhere else. Like I don't know <laughs> who built that thing. Did the foxes build it? Did... With their little paws, yeah. Aww. I mean <laughs> that one fox knew everything about the planetarium, so maybe. <laughs> But they stole it piece by piece from someone else. <laughs> uh, the old, uh, uh, what's that movie with Tim Robbins? The Shawshank Redemption. It is very like Shawshank. A little piece by piece, slowly and slowly. I this this had another thing that made me question Professor Zay, like in like his origins, because I mean we had the eugenics thing from earlier. We've touched on, but in this scene. He says that the planetarium shows the heavens moving. And I just feel like using the word heavens, you can't just use that lightly in a show like this where like there is no Christian influence. And it just like <laughs> gives a lot of like fundamental questions about what is going on in this society. Like we there's a is there a heaven in this world? No. Like no one's really talked about like the the afterlife like that. And it's just like what does this mean? Does it, are they just using the heavens to mean the sky? Yeah. Have you never heard that? Would you prefer? I have, your... but I grew up in a Christian-centric society. I guess. I mean, would you have preferred the cosmos or what? Yeah, like the sky, the the, sky. the stars. 
the, ga- the even galaxies would make more sense to me than like heavens. It is like even though it is like a world that clearly magic and spiritualism, actual spiritual stuff does exist. No one ever does talk about a heaven or anything like that. A heaven. And, it just seems I don't think I, that was the first time I've heard anyone say heaven on that show. I don't remember yeah. it exactly, but wait, there's a in season one. Wait, I can't remember. Yeah, wait, Matt, you were here for this episode of Bato of the Wolf Tribe. They went to the Abbey with the nuns, and it was just like, what are these nuns doing? What are oh, what right. they doing? I and thought that was just the word they were they were going by. <laughs> oh, did you guys miss the part that weird part in that episode where they suddenly converted to Christianity and accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a blink and you miss it scene, but yeah, that must only be on the Blu-rays. I've been watching uh, it. <laughs> I swear, mm. sometimes subtext just goes over my yeah. head. Yeah, this was just actual text though. Like they were just fully in a Christian church talking about Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't know why. In my head, I'm just like, oh boy, bend. Here comes the bending. <laughs> I, I, I'm, too, <laughs> I'm too into the bending. Oh, one of my other favorite uh, lines. Uh, it's not the library. Maybe I should save it for when we talk about the desert. Well, what if you forget? Oh, you're right! <laughs> it, it's, uh, when Sokka was high as hell from the cactus mm. water, and he was like, oh, right, bending. Because that's something I've said multiple times when I first watched Avatar. <laughs> oh. For the first yeah. several episodes. Sometimes you just forget. See, you are meant to be a non-bender in the world of Avatar. <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm the Sisyphus of the Avatar world. Damn. Yeah, I'm going pretty bleak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of impossible tasks, though, like good on Toph for holding up a whole freaking gigantic library oh. with her two bare hands. Yeah, because Tong sees them trying to do wartime tactics, and he's like, <laughs> "We're out. I'm done <laughs> with humans." And he sinks. He's trying to sink the library. I. Toph is so strong. I get because like, we saw the picture of how big the the library castle is, and it's just like it's so huge. And she's she's a tiny girl on the on sand. Yeah, she is. Yeah, just like even in an episode where she's kind of she's literally sidelined, she still manages to just be the st- like the MVP of the team. She keeps them all alive single handedly. Honestly, how did they have the show without her before she showed up in the second season, second book right? too? Should I, ugh, should I keep refer them as seasons or books? I know the it says books on the all the wikis and on the They're show. They're interchangeable. Mm-hmm. We know what you're saying. I'm yeah. trying to be appropriate. <laughs> I okay. Th- I not to kick him while he's down, but I do feel like the worst member of the team in this episode was Appa. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like. When the sandbenders are like the, approaching, I feel like he could have taken some sort of defensive maneuvers. I know this is starting to come up victim blaming, but like he can fly. <laughs> it would take move around, do some airbending, like do something. No, I wrote that down too because I thought that watching it, it felt like he did nothing to stop them. And like Toph is over here being like, I'm holding this goddamn library together, this gigantic building in the sand. And Appa's like, Rrr. he roared in protest. What more could you ask for? He's doing the Matt Rain method. It never works. <laughs> you two roar in protest when you're being like muzzled and 
at my house every week. Yeah, dragged away from your friends. It's annoying. It needs to stop. I know. It will. So that's the only way we get you out of the house, Matt. Um, <laughs> it's a pandemic. We can't be around ten. In a pandemic. <laughs> That's why we wear our sandbender masks. Um, sure. And uh, my once the Wanchi Tongsa is taking down the library, they Aang and Sokka split up from the group to go back to the planetarium. And Katara's like, "Well, what am I gonna do?" And Aang <laughs> says, "Katara, take Momo and get out of here." And while <laughs> Professor Zay is like standing right next to them, <laughs> oh, yeah. we don't yeah. care what happens to them. Just you two get out. Aang could get- already see it on his face. This dude's yeah. ready to go down with the ship. <laughs> Which makes complete sense. I wish that, like, because I think Professor Zay is a great character, and I wish that we had more time with him. But like, this was a great little taste of him, and it made total sense that he like completed his life's work of finding the grand jewel. And if he and if he got out, like, cool. no one would ever believe him because he'd be like, "Well, I could take you there, but it sank." <laughs> Thanks to a big owl. Mm-hmm. I also to a dragon. I also had a question uh, of what happened after. So Sokka and Aang quickly leave to go to, to figure out when the next solar eclipse is going to happen. How long were they at the planetarium? Because they did a full-on like time lapse. Like It looked like it took a while. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if Toph wasn't outside holding it up, they literally would not have survived. Yeah, but like... Were they taking their time or something? I mean, I, I know it's a big machine, but like it just looked like they were like, eh, eh, no, eh, no, eh, no. <laughs> it does feel like they didn't need to choose do every single date. I feel like they could have no. got like because you'll see it like the sun could be well, the sun and the moon could be far apart, and then if you do it again, they'll just be a little bit closer together. It feels like they could have gone month by month and then like gone back and checked if they had. Whatever. They were probably in a crisis and weren't <laughs> thinking it through and wanted to be certain. But, I mean, I don't know how their planets and stars and moons and stuff work. It just feels like there was a more efficient process for them to do this. Sokka even says, we don't have to go through everything. I know exactly what to do. But then they take so much time and it feels <laughs> like they don't do what he said they were going to do. Well, it is like a full... I, they still have like nine months or something before this happened. So it's it would be like a lot of a lot of days to check, which is why I'm saying they could skip around a little bit. <laughs> I agree. That's what they should have done. Hey, we weren't there. We can't speak to what they actually did. We just saw a little montage, okay? Maybe between the montage, <laughs> they had the same conversation. They're like, this is getting a little ridiculous. Let's just, you know, go by blah, 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 skip ahead. You know, maybe, maybe they animated and like, mm, this took, this went too fast. Let's, let's lengthen yeah, this up. Got a, a little too uh, cerebral there. We don't need, we get it. We get it. They found the date. That's all that's important. I will say though, regardless if they did take a long time doing that, more props to Toph for keeping that thing up as long as she did. Yeah, it must have been a while. Cause like the first time they activated the planetarium, it like really cranked around a lot. Uh, and so, like, if you have to do that for like a hundred and you know two hundred and seventy days or so, like that'll take a really long time. That's long, baby. Yeah, but the point is, <laughs> I'm sorry. They, did it. they through whatever means, they found their date. Um, and good for I'm them. I'm proud That's of Toph for that one. Yeah, yeah. for real, Toph. Like I said, the true MVP here. <laughs> Oh yeah! If it wasn't for her, they would be, they'd be owl meat right about now. 
Mm-hmm. Washington going down on some Saka ham. Oh my! <laughs> what a visual. I've also been watching Hannibal, so I need to. Makes <laughs> <laughs> sense. He's a very Hannibal-like character, you know, very austere. Um, Voiced by the great Hector Elizondo, ooh, uh, famous character actor and Broadway legend. Wow! Ooh la la! Uh, for those of you that don't know who I'm talking about, if you I watch my hand, if you watch ever watch the Princess Diaries, mm. he's yes. the he's the valet that drives her around everywhere. <laughs> Wow. God, oh, that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, wow. for Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement, the future king of Genovia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I did like the that they referenced uh, Foggy Swamp style of waterbending. We, mm-hmm. That's like, a, it was it, it was great to, you know, in-universe con- confirm that it does still exist. We didn't all, you know, hallucinate the swamp episode. <laughs> Could have happened from all that swamp gas. You never know. And really set up Sokka to say that it's a new kind of water bending Sokka style. Oh, that was a lot of fun. He slammed him with the book. Beautiful he's, stuff. He's got all these like snappy little one-liners this season. I feel like like going like the water tribe thing. And now learn Sokka style. Learn it. He's really like honed in on this catchphrase thing. The sleeves are off and the jokes are out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Suns out, puns out. Oh, nice. That was stupid. That was good. I'm logging <laughs> off. <laughs> See y'all next week. Do your plugs. <laughs> but uh, for about, like, my stuff. Bye. <laughs> uh, well, for such like a funny, like, well, I mean, it's like a very harrowing sort of climax, but I feel like for most part, we can all agree it was like a very like fun, adventurous episode, a real downer ending, and then a real yeah. downer next 22 minutes, too. Yeah. Oh. It was a literal emotional roller coaster going from that episode to the desert. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, real quick, I liked uh, when Professor Zay is like, You don't understand. This is all the knowledge in the world. Well, this is exactly what I've been looking for. And they're like, Whatever. All right, let's get out yeah, of here. <laughs> they just let this guy essentially com- like allow himself to presumably die. We don't know. He might just go to the spirit world, but we don't, for as far as we know, that's the same thing. Um, that's pretty dark, I think, for a kid's show. Like, yeah, he's going to dra- choke on some sand until he dies or get just, crushed to death. And they're just so indifferent about it. Yeah, they're like, cool, bye. He's with his books. He's fine. I he didn't happy. care about him from minute one. He was like, he cared about Momo way more than this human life. And, you know, I think Aang was happy to see him go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know if Aang's a big bookhead, but... And I'm not saying that was part of his decision and judging this man. <laughs> However, it would not surprise me if it was. Yeah, I just don't think like, he agrees with private universities. And after he heard that he went to the University of Boston, say he was like, "This guy's rich." Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I do. Yeah. I do now want to see a college comedy at Boston Say University. It's like Community, but in Avatar. That's what literally uh, middle school slash high school Derek would have wanted nothing more than that <laughs> crossover. We could sit here and decide what what nations all of the community study groups are from, but I and think we will. <laughs> I said I think we will. Uh, <laughs> with their escape, they are so good at climbing rope. I yeah. cannot even imagine 
having the upper arm strength that they exhibited at the end of this episode, and I'm so proud of them. And it makes a lot of sense. They're a very adventurous type, and I, I'm just, I, I could not. They climbed it so quickly. I mean, they're all very fit, all of yeah. them. You, <laughs> yeah, I, I forget about it, but they're all like good at different martial arts. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it looks like it bending, uh, breathing is a big part of it too. So I feel like endurance wise, they gotta have some kind of like stamina in order to do any of that stuff. Even but Saka, he's in great shape too. He they, they're always traveling. I yeah, it makes sense. I I just like forgot. And then when I saw them start climbing the rope, I was like. I could I could do I could have done that at zero points in my life. That <laughs> rope was so high up too. They would have had to go so far, and they were going. They were that was the escape plan. They were like, "We're gonna have to climb this rope, and that's what we're doing." Yeah, and the end of the rope, like it's I forgot that it's going through a narrow tower. <laughs> it's not like all right, we hit the ceiling. It's like nope, there's more. Yep, they would have freaking crushed the president's physical fitness exams. Yeah. Oh my god. Angry. No contest. Dang would bully me. <laughs> I mean, we just discussed how he essentially emotionally pushed a nerd into a locker where that nerd yeah. will die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not just of embarrassment. Um, I probably crushing. We are sad to lose one of our girls. We are in mourning because we are losing one of our girls today. Uh, the Sandbenders took Appa. Very oh. sad. Uh, it is so, I mean, it's so heartbreaking to think of Toph having to stand outside with the library, like, alone for, like, who knows how long, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and it's just, like, you think about, like, how in her mind, like, she's just, like, I have to be, I, me, I have to be the one to tell the rest of the group that our ride is gone, and not just our <laughs> ride, our very, very good friend, Appa. It's it's heartbreaking, and she's, like, crying when he's going away, and she just already, like, it's Ugh, it's so it is so heart wrenching that Appa is taken from us. I got so emotional when she said, "I'm sorry, Appa." Yeah, I know, oh. especially because they have this cute little like bonding scene before where she talks about there's nothing wrong with Fuzzy. <laughs> um, it's so cute, and to see such a budding friendship be snatched away so quickly, it's upsetting. Yeah, and especially so yeah, like however how long ago was it that she was blaming him for? Um, leading the dangerous ladies to them correctly of course but you know yeah. still look she's not a, she was it wasn't a call out it was a call in <laughs> she just was informing him that he was the problem it's true uh, i mean she yeah. wasn't wrong nope no and not a lie was told uh but sh should we move on into the desert of emotionally yeah. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is like the emotional journey of like if you were in a nice library and then you had to go into a desert. Like that sucked, right? Yeah. Yeah. You would they're like, oh my god, we got out of it. Like we almost died. Now we can get on Oppa and go home. And then they're like, No, we're just out here. Yeah, Aang's we here. um clicking the fob, you're like, uh hello, uh not hearing anything. I can't remember where I parked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember where I parked, just take out like a dog whistle. <laughs> I mean, he has a bison whistle, literally. Yeah. I thought he was... I was very mad at Aang at the beginning of this episode. Uh, yeah. Um, how he I, treated Toph. Yeah, I mean, this is like a... Um, I don't know, like this episode, honestly, might be one of my favorites of the whole show. Just because I feel like it gives so much depth to Aang. 
yeah. um, that we usually don't get. Um, it's like we get a lot of sadness from Aang. I feel like we obviously get a lot of goofiness and like fun loving from Aang, but it's rare we get like rage to this level. We kind of got hints of that. Um, I talked about it before in like the premiere of this book, but like there's a lot of anger in Aang, and it's it really comes out in this episode. Um, and I like something I like tracking in this episode is this idea that Aang like calls everyone else selfish in this episode, and then every action he kind of takes in this episode is a very selfish thing to do. And so it's like he's clearly projecting when he says that. Um, and I mean, it's like a not a nice thing. It definitely makes him look bad but it makes him just an infinitely more interesting character. Yeah. Very realistic. And just all you, I mean, you always, you just like, you forget that he like is a 12 year old uh, <laughs> and he is, but like, I, I do agree. Like at the, at the very beginning episode, he yells at everyone and then leaves. And it's like, okay, like we have to get out of the desert. Like if we don't, you don't, you have no idea if you're going to be able to find us again, if you leave. <laughs> we have right. the, if you're gonna go out and like scout around to see if you can find signs of sandbenders like we have to come up with a plan so that you know how to come back to us yeah yeah uh it's like yeah that's just one of those um things it's like every action ang is taking here is like purely based on i want appa and i don't care about essentially i don't care about my friends right now and believe um, me i relate i completely <laughs> relate to that Sure. Oh yeah, I don't want Oppa to be gone any more than anyone else does. Right. It was. I mean, I guess also probably because you know Toph had to make a very difficult decision, but she had to keep that library up and as long as she did, so that they could get out of there. Uh, but then, like, he was Ang was just being like, "How could you? What are you, an idiot? How could you like just let that happen?" It was like, "A, this girl just like saved your friggin' life." Dude. Yeah. <laughs> B, uh, she couldn't do two things at once. Also, C, she's blind and she's yeah. able to do all this stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, Aang, come on, man. I know. But, it's, you know, Aang, the anger itself was at least, he's a 12 year old kid. His, every, all of our best friend just got kidnapped. It's yeah. a very upsetting time. <laughs> Who is their best self in the moments following finding out that? your lifelong friend and only like guy only person from the same time as you <laughs> is no longer around and you have no idea where they are who like no one's cool in that uh scenario right <laughs> except katara katara i um it's very cool in this um entire episode which i love that i feel like this book so far we really haven't had any like big katara episodes i feel like like she's been prominent in a few episodes but it's never like a katara episode like we would get in book one mm -hmm. and this in a lot of ways feels like a katara episode this perfectly um, fits in with one of the submissions to our mailbox from jen who says love the desert episode it perfectly captures how older sisters have to keep it together in times of crisis and stay strong for others katara truly comes into her own in this episode yeah true. she was she was the glue she was the only one keeping them moving yeah for real yeah I just there's like a moment that i think is so uh, like amazingly done in this episode where it's like later on um but it's like the entire group is back together but it's night and katara just silently no dialogue like and the music is like just very minimal she just looks around at everyone kind of in just shambles and she like takes a breath and she's like okay here's what we're gonna do i just 
that's so so great it's like how many children i i feel like i'm always saying this but it's like how many kids shows have you ever seen do a scene like that and ex like they expect the viewer who is presumably a child to uh, immediately understand what guitar is going through and um hopefully be rooting for her in that moment to get these dum-dums together i also feel like it's really realistic like i feel like anytime i've been in a situation where like if i'm like panicking and in a crisis like emotionally i just feel like the other person there like goes the opposite and is like very calm and like very help like helpful generally or just like no it's just like goes the different direction like to offset that i'm like in a crisis and i feel like i do the same thing where if someone is panicking like i'm just sort of like it's fine like we're gonna do it like it's okay like we're mm -hmm. it's, this is all fine and it, like i am here for you i'm 100 percent a man who panics in every situation <laughs> you're just that and guy always unfortunately everyone else has been forced to be like <laughs> we gotta calm down i'm like we're dead <laughs> yeah you're just building their character okay i um, wish i was more like Sokka, where i would just find hallucinogenic drugs just yeah <laughs> um yeah this is no, another yes. thing where like it's like the the writers are loving sneaking drug stuff in like at the okay even just like those little stamps <laughs> in this episode like zuko and iroh get in pots i'm like come on <laughs> are we like is this is this what we're doing here they're troublemakers yeah sneak got one past the sensors haha <laughs> got one past the sandbenders in my bossing say university uh college campus comedies uh uh script that's part of it. They find those cactuses one night and they just, oh boy, oh, oh baby. Is there they an see the giant friendly mushroom. Come on, guys. <laughs> this is not to happen. There's nothing wrong with trying to corrupt the youth. Yeah. I mean, it, they made it clear the drugs will lead you on a path where your sister will have to drag you around and you're going to be eating horrible vulture bug like bee honey like yeah it's how yeah just like how drugs work in real life that's i mean we've all been there if you're gonna do cactus juice just make sure someone's there who's not doing cactus juice just make sure you stay hydrated yeah because yeah. there's like that part of me that's like oh, whenever i watch this episode i'm like i mean would it hurt everyone to you know just drink just to be hydrated so they have that to go off of for a little but then it's like but who knows what they're gonna do if everyone's tripping Completely, that's like that's just not a, not a good idea. I don't think. Although it sounds like maybe Ang should have had a little <laughs> bit of it. Yeah, um, he needed something to get the edge off. I think. Ang, you're too uh, tense here. As a sober person, cactus. I would not take the cactus juice. I would not drink it. <gasps> good. That's good. I'm I'm proud of you. Yes. <laughs> I'm that's definitely that. drinking half of that, but <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Sam. Yes. <laughs> yeah but i mean hello cactus juice is like so iconic like i feel like that's one of those things that it's like when you're on social media and just avatar just comes up it's usually it's probably going to be a gif of Sokka doing the wavy arms or just a cactus juice reference in general like usually you know has a lot of life on the internet For oh sure. yeah i've definitely seen that on twitter a lot just use not even an avatar context just people just posting that Right, it's a good, it's a striking visual. I like it. There's oh, like the colors are interesting. Tint. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the sequence where he's high, that it's honestly a very cool, especially for that for them, like trippy kind of like sequence. Uh, and I thought that was honestly a lot of fun, and was like 
they didn't. This episode didn't have too much levity in it, and I don't know. Maybe some people found it a little too much or whatever. But I thought it was a good amount, at least on that I, end. Yeah, it's like a, contained in like what? Well, two characters because Momo is also. Oh right, Momo high. got high too. Yeah, um, <laughs> I feel like because they had such like deep, dark, emotional experiences for other characters in the show that needs to be offset like Sokka's always the comedic relief but like they need it to be even more powerful in this episode to like make <laughs> it okay that they're doing this with the other characters to balance right. out just the darkness of the episode yeah mm-hmm. that makes I, sense yeah uh for 100% though my favorite care like character thing that happens in this in terms of like someone who's high and doing something is Momo crying into his hands like that it gets me every time. It's so sad and cute and hilarious. Poor Momo. Oh, poor Momo. Yeah. <laughs> Appa was his friend too. Ugh. Oh. Momo must be going through a lot. I know. No one asked what Momo's how Momo's feeling. It's true. No one I ever mean, does, but they should. I mean, he was tripping for most of this episode, but still. Even yes. in the first episode where Professor Zay is like, this beautiful bison beast, if he could only speak to us. And then Momo's like tripping at him. He's like, shut up. Great joke, but it's Shush, exemplary. Chatty monkey. chatty monkey. Yes, I love that. <laughs> so cute. This uh, episode but... is the return of Zuko and Iroh, which mm-hmm. I, I like mm. watching the library. I didn't even notice that they weren't, I wasn't thinking about it because that episode is so packed and great. And then I was like, oh yeah, these guys. Uh, I I would like to mention the last time I was on the show, the episode we watched, I don't remember if we officially canceled Iroh, but he was definitely doing some perv-related adjacent things. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, all he does in this episode is uh, interact with another old man, and they make some innuendos at each other about things opening and uh, allowing things to come inside them, you know? Uh yeah, unfortunately, Matt, you missed the series of episodes where Iroh was on a hashtag canceled tour, and he oh, was no. doing jokes all about being canceled. Ew. And so he's oh, just, no. yeah. Was he doing so shows he, with, like, I don't He took it in stride, and he just owned it, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm not really, buying tickets to his shows anymore. Really no. embraced his alt-right new following that he gained from this, you know. It's a hoax. Iroh! <laughs> <laughs> Cancel culture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, scarier than any pair of earthbending um, bounty hunters. At this point, I don't want to hear anyone over the age of 35 say, well, here's what I think about cancel culture. But turn, <laughs> off, turn off the podcast after that. I can't believe how, like, of all of the characters to recur, I can't believe how much play the rough rhinos are getting. Like, the, I, they've been around, they've been, they're so, they've been in so many things, and it's just like these guys. There are so many, there's so many one-off characters who I'm like would love to check back in with this person, and then it's these dudes on the rhinos who have different weapons. This is the guys that we're gonna see over and over again. And they're a capable know. singing group. That's a great little detail. That was a good it. character piece to know. I would have loved to hear some of it. Right? Are they like a like a barber shop quintet? Would it be? Um, I bet like that they all locker? also specialize in five different items, weapon. I mean, uh, thing, instruments. One would be a <laughs> oh. soprano, another would be a tenor. Yeah, I was thinking they'd <laughs> all just like yeah, be a different sort of octave. Um, that makes sense. Right. <laughs> Good for them. Um, yeah, I, but I did note in this episode that uh, I, if you'll remember, way back in book one, we decided Zuko has very, um, must be very calloused or just very strong 
feet because he's able mm. to like kick boulders apart and kick away metal things. And Iroh demonstrates that this might be a genetic thing because he's kicking fucking like cannonballs <laughs> away from him. That was wild. This yeah. uh, this whole this sequence was crazy. Like Zuko snapped an arrow in half in the air. He <laughs> stopped it and like just broke it. And Iroh's yeah. arm is all messed up, and he's doing all this stuff. Like, come on. Yeah. He's yeah, just dragging out of the West. Yeah, they took out five dudes, and it, like it's like a teenager and a grief, like a guy who was on his deathbed a few days ago. Like that's that's a rough look for the rough rhinos. Maybe that's where the name comes from. Maybe they should never stick to music. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're flops in real life, but they're not flops when it comes to the charts. Yeah, no, not on the stage. I can't believe that we. I mean, of all the songs, we've forgotten very few songs from the world of Avatar. But they, I, I bet they could go up against uh, whatever. What's the name of the guy from the Secret Tunnel track? Uh, oh, I wait, can't remember like the guy who sings it. Yeah, um, I don't, remember. I don't remember. But I, 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 I would love to. About. Yeah, obvi. But I just, I feel like he probably is the number one singer of the universe. But these guys are like the up and coming group. They're sort of like One Direction, if you've heard of them. Um, <laughs> but the Zuko and Iroh plotline is nice and clear. Like they, they're like, what are we gonna do? This is what we'll do. This is what we're doing. We did it. Is this the first episode where they talk about or bring up the White Lotus? Yes. No, yeah. Well, we've seen a white lotus tile before, but we have not seen it in this context where it's clearly linked ah, to some sort of. We don't know all about it. Yeah, something's going on with the something's white lotus. Something's going on with those guys. Yeah, I did like though. There's like, it's not really like draw. Like they don't draw a lot of attention to it, but there's a point in um, this little subplot where um, Iroh gets to go into this like secret meeting, presumably with the other like old dude and whoever else is back there the flowers presumably um <laughs> but uh and zuko is denied entry but he doesn't protest like he did back in the day but uh, he wanted to get into the war meeting um, that is a great note and i didn't think about that he, right. he showed a little res restraint not happy about it but he didn't make a big fuss about it right well to be fair last time he did things went south real quick yeah but um <laughs> I also yeah. like that we, as the viewers, also are not allowed in, and it really yeah. uh, pushes the like. Obviously, I feel like they probably didn't really know what was going to happen in there yet, but like they also just like we are following Zuko and like he's with Iroh, but like we're it is Zuko's story, and because Zuko doesn't go in, we also don't go in. But it does make that mystery a little more intriguing, though. Yeah, even if it, if even if they didn't know what they were going to do with it, but it's a it still works for what they needed. It did exactly what they needed it to do. Yeah. Any more intrigue on a story, possible uh, future implications, perhaps? Maybe so. Yeah, this, these are yeah, all big words. Is, <laughs> sorry, yeah, we're kind of hinting at the fact that the show will lead into um, Netflix's The Queen's Gambit. Um, of course, yes, exactly. There's a sort of pie show chess hybrid situation mm. that goes down with uh, hey, if it'll Taylor give us. Joy. If, it, if it'll give us more of an understanding of how Pi Show works, I would watch that. Well, if it is anything like the Queen's Bet Gambit, we probably won't know more about the game. Mm. <laughs> we'll just watch people take ketamine or whatever she's whatever and those pills are. Hallucinate the game on a on a ceiling. Yeah. Do we think Hyro plays Pi Show on the ceiling when he takes um fantasy cactus ketamine? <laughs> I think juice. he probably takes cactus juice and plays Pi Show. 
Right. <laughs> That's what Sokka was looking in the sky when he took the <laughs> Yeah, holy shit. I'm sure there's a mushroom tile. There's not that many things in the world of Avatar. They're going to run out. They're going to need more design. <laughs> yeah, there's like, what, one or two things, uh, objects in the Avatar world? <laughs> yeah, we don't know things. <laughs> Again, bending happened, and that kind of just became everything they're about. What else do we need to know? We don't need objects. We can just <laughs> exist in a space and just be people. I made a pot. Oh, that's very cool. Look at this. <laughs> I could. I can do what that pot can do. <laughs> Your uh, pot ain't shit. Um, yeah, I also did like. There's like a little moment when they're in the bar. Uh, where uh, I think it, it's Zuko says something like, um, we look like, or these people look like filthy wanderers. And Ira says, so do we. I like this like continued, like we're trying to humble Zuko here. Like, yeah. dude, you are no different than anyone else sitting here in the CDS bar. Maybe a little different because it looks like everyone else is like in their 50s or they just had a really rough life because the skincare is not looking great in the Earth Kingdom. But um, they no. are very dry. I mean, they, they're in the desert. They're like, that's fair. It's, it's, it's hard to moisture. Yeah. And plus, uh, even though they do have that one iceberg, that thing's melting. There's not that much left, and they need it to make nice little cups. That's true. Do you think they have humidifiers in the Avatar world? That could do wonders. That's called a waterbender. True. <laughs> they call them humidifiers. I was going to say they killed all the airbenders. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, uh, so I guess back to like more sad things to, to like track the whole um, like Ang selfish thing, or I guess like Ang sort of descent in this episode when he becomes Ang akin Skywalker. He oh. does, yes. He becomes very angry with two A's. Um, hey, that was way better. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, this is, I think, the first time we've ever seen Ang go out of his way to actively harm something, or presumably yeah. kill, like. Straight up, like he, he, Momo was already safe. Uh, for maybe if you don't remember what happened, uh, it's like the one of the vulture, what are the buzzard wasps? I think is what they're called. Uh, grabs Momo and then Ang frees him. But then, even though Momo's free, Ang just still like air blasts the creature and it drops, presumably dead. Um, like that's a pretty dark turn for Ang there. That was that was pretty messed up. <laughs> we, we were yeah. talking about Rick and Morty before we got on, and it reminds me of like there's a part in Rick and Morty where, like, I guess like Morty's character arc is all about how he's like got an anger issue, and like is and there's a part where they're like, I don't know, they they like obviously this is their whole humor, but they like directly imply that or they directly talk about that this is like related to Morty's character arc. And it, it was making me think about that because Aang, it's like Aang's super angry at this point. And it's just like, what does this mean for his like ongoing morality? brother. But yeah, when he, when he shot that, I called them buzzard bees. That's but cute. I thought it was cute. There's two bees. Oh, <laughs> it is cute. Love an alliteration. But they, that was just cold. I, we never saw, you were right though, we never saw Aang do anything like cold blooded like that. And also, that thing was so far away, and he still went out of his way to make sure that guy went down. Yeah, literally. Dead. Yeah, literally defenseless. Does it like, I guess, Momo's not in his clutches anymore. No reason whatsoever other than pure revenge, vindictiveness on Aang's part. Um, yeah, even Momo, I think, looked slightly shocked by it. He yeah, was like, eh? like, ooh. 
Oh, he no. might have still been high. I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> he don't know. He Momo doesn't know what the hell he's seeing right now. My he's favorite like... part of this fight is when Sokka <laughs> accidentally swipes at the air because he doesn't know that there's not a puzzle <laughs> there. It's so good. It's so funny. That was so good. <laughs> like I might not be a hundred percent just yet. Yeah. And I know we already talked about it, but the buzzard bee cave honey looked really gross, and mm. I like I really do not envy that. Sokka took a bite out of it because it really did look like mucus. It yeah, he described it, it as tasting like meat. I don't know. Oh, what? That's the that's boogers. That's hundred yeah, percent boogers. Yeah, if it looks like honey and it tastes like meat, that's a booger. <laughs> Expired meat. <laughs> Expired meat. Tainted ham. Get out. Oh my god. Not the tainted ham. <laughs> so hey, sandbender show up. Oh, wait, Matt, were you going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say, I also, I did, like, uh, really briefly before they went to that cave, how happy Toph was to get on some solid ground. And she made Earth Angels. Mm -hmm. Earth Angel. Great song. She's um, my Earth Angel. Please be mine, Matt <laughs> Okay, you can have me. Anyone can. Please. I, I need affection. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but then we get uh, this little scene here, which I think is like, it's such a powerful, it's like, talk about, I talked about this before about that scene with Katara where there's like very, there's no dialogue and it's purely on the music and the visuals to convey the emotions of people going on. Like, obviously we get the little scene where the sand, they confront the sandbenders about Appa um, and then Aang goes into his avatar state, which this is Toph's first experience with the avatar state presumably and she, it's like interesting to know like she kind of doesn't know how to react like Sokka has to like drag her away um i mean as far we can i really don't think that they told her very much at all about their previous journeys because in the last episode <laughs> she didn't know like anything about zuko and, and now <laughs> she's like she doesn't know about the avatar state so she's really learning by the edge of her seat yeah um i mean she was just excited i think to get out of the house to get out of there she's right. like i don't know who you people are i'll go with you <laughs> <laughs> right uh yeah so but then we get this like really really gorgeous like piece of music it's like oh, um yeah. is it the main theme i don't like this is like a motif we've gotten before but it's just this very haunting sort of like vocal track going on and then we just get like that scene of katara like comforting to crying ang which is like such an interesting way to like again like really nail like the emotions of what's going on because like if you're watching this episode just surface level it's like ang's main emotion is anger and then when you get to the end he's crying it's like for a kid that's a really good sort of lesson to learn about emotions it's like the way someone is behaving is not necessarily how they're actually feeling on the inside um so i just love the show so much <laughs> that whole sequence i loved it so much it was so good uh and even like before when he was in the scary avatar voice which i always found was Always scared me, right? But, but yeah, he's, he looks like this. Like he's going to like just destroy everything and everybody, and just Katara, not like being like snap out of it or like. Cause mm -hmm. I feel like on most other kids shows, I would watch they're like in, like adventure sagas like this. Most of it, it would be like either someone says a big speech or someone's like, "Listen to me, you can break out of this or whatever." This was just a great like silent emotional like, "Hey, I get it." Yeah, and I mean, she, her expression is, like, so reserved. It's almost tired, yeah. is her face, is what it looks like. It's, she's just, like, exhausted emotionally, and she 
just gets it. Like you said, like that's all she can do for Aang is just be there for him. Yeah, it makes me think it's reminiscent to me of the episode three Avatar State incident where like Katara and Sokka are like, we're your family now. And like they, and then Aang descends and they like hug and stuff like that. And it's very, it was very similar. And it's actually a very similar emotional feeling for Aang at the exact same time. So he finds out that all of the airbenders have, are dead. And now he finds out that Appa is gone and who knows where he is. It's like tragedy. It is. In both, yeah, in both instances, part of Aang's connection to his home mm-hmm. and his past. Yeah. Feel yeah. like being swiped from his feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just keeps losing things. Yeah, it's and it's interesting. I also was like trying to make or was like seeing these sort of little connective tissues to like how Ang reacts to things. Like before, like in this episode, his like we said, his instant reaction is I'm going to fly off and do my own thing, which is very similar to when he literally flew away from the Southern Air Temple. Like that's just always Ang's gut reaction to pain is to just get away from it. Um, yeah, poor Aang. I like yeah. I said, this episode is still perfect to just like really remind you that like the main character has a lot going on for him, even though he's maybe not the most exciting character for a lot of people. Like he still is like a very well written, complex character. Yeah. I completely agree with that. A hundred percent agree. And I think that that's sort of uh, true of all things in this show. I wanted. I mean, I feel like to go. This this is not about Aang, but like in this scene with the Sandbenders, there's like six lines of sandbender dialogue and in it we get so much about their culture and like what's going on in it because we learned about that that there's like a bunch of different tribes of them and they know them by the ships and then they're also like by tradition we have to believe them and like like to help them or something like that like they there's, there's like whole culture there that we don't know about but like we just get little hints of it but it's so they just like they have so many interesting things about them well, when your book comes out, we'll learn even more about <laughs> Yeah. I'm sort of thinking one, like half the chapters will be about one of the foxes and half the chapters will be about a member of the sandbending tribes. Ooh, I like that. It'll, it and, breaks up the action a lot and I think yeah, it'll right. keep it more engaging, a more engaging yeah. read. They seem disconnected at first, but then they come to a head at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Synergistic, like an episode of Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Very, very. <laughs> yes. I would describe Sam's writing as Seinfeldian as well. Yeah, it'll basically be a herald. Uh, <laughs> and I, so yeah, and then this episode sort of wraps very sadly. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Okay, we're sad. <laughs> but honestly, yeah. I, I like the how they, I did like that, how they ended it that way. Because it's like, they just, it was such an emotional, heavy episode. Uh, it didn't. It felt like you couldn't do just like, like an easy wrap up at the end. It was like it should end on an emotional moment. Yeah, it's very. I mean, it's deserved for sure. I feel like the audience is also feeling the same way. <laughs> just like it, we we just all come together and we're like, yeah, we're just gonna be upset for a while. Yeah, and I mean, it's like thinking See you next about next week. Like, <laughs> <laughs> bye, kids. Um, but yeah, it's like very. It's these have been like really emotional episodes, like just in general, like the string. It's like. I just keep thinking of the visual of the gang just like completely exhausted on Appa's back at the end of the chase. It's like, it feels like that's just like how these episodes keep ending is like, they're just tired by the end of them. Like they've been through so much, um, which like we said, that's like a pretty challenging, brave thing to do for children's media or any, honestly, any kind of show to yeah. end on that kind of note, like pretty consistently for a string of episodes. I would say Avatar is more emotionally mature than most adult shows that are on Hulu and Netflix. 
Oh, 100%. (laughs) Uh, You won't find me arguing against that. I'm certain that this version of Avatar will be more emotionally mature than Netflix's live-action version of Avatar. Well, they're going to go for a completely different definition of the word mature. Yeah. So that's that's the episode. Um, Why don't we plug before we talk about future implications? Matt, if you have to go here, you can feel free to drop out if you need to. I know you had a thing at 7.30, but it's okay if you want to stay also. I never. I'll stick around. Okay. Nice. Thank you. Um, Well, tell people where they can find you, and we'll keep going then. Okay. Hello, Internet. Uh, You can find me, Matt Rain, on Twitter at at Matt underscore Rain. The underscore is in the middle. Uh, I'm on Instagram at but I'm Matt Rain. All one word. Um, I don't have an OnlyFans yet, but when I do, I'm going to show you all how to make the perfect bologna sandwich over and over again. Is that what they're calling it these days? I'm just, I don't know what they're, if that's what they're calling how you put bologna, roll it up on the side, put mustard on the bread. We don't need to go into the dirty details here, okay? This is, this is, we're talking about a kid's show here, okay? Trying to to get some, trying to get some business, Eric. Okay. (laughs) Talking about your bologna, I I can't. Using mustard, rolling it up on the side. Mm -hmm. Disgusting. I'll no meat, I will, no I will meat in the bread. I'll no meat in the bread. Thank <laughs> you. You eat that bread with just the mustard on it only. The bologna's a snack. All right. I think for, I plugged enough. <laughs> for me, I'm at Sam Stanish on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow my other podcast, Word on the Straits, Word on the Straits, S-T-R-8-S. Uh, you can find me at Reindeerics on Twitter. You can find us collectively at Bitterger's Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, I hope everyone's gone because we're going to start talking about the rest of the series and the grander the universe. Yes. Uh, Obviously, this is awful and we won't see Appa in the group again uh, for so long. (laughs) You feel feel it emotionally. It's like this, this span of episodes is so hard without him and it just is so, so emotionally taxing to think about not having Appa around. I was a wreck and would constantly, when I'm watching this, when I was first watching him, constantly asking, like, when is he coming back? What has happened to him? Is he dead? Do not kill Appa. That's yeah. how I felt doing, like, as a, right now and as a kid, I'm like, week by week, it's like, where is this guy? I love this guy. And now he's not here. Ugh. My poor, poor son. All right. Yeah, it's our, It's always fun to try to think back, like, what was I feeling when I was watching these episodes? Um, but I do remember, though, that, um, like, the this sort of, like, emotional, like, feeling of, like, where's Appa was really stretched out because this was kind of a point in the series where Nickelodeon was um, really, like, spacing out the episodes. Like, the um, these two episodes and then the next two episodes were, like, kind of billed as, like, movies in a way. Um, and they were, like, shown in, like, summer, I want to say. And, like, very far apart from each other. Um, yeah. And so it's, like, think, like thinking about, like, how much it sucks. Even if you're, like, binging, like, the amount of episodes you go without having up in the group. It's, like, now multiply that by, like, <laughs> literal months of not knowing where Appa is in real and life. And it would be easier if, like, we were getting little bits of Appa's storyline week by week if that was in the episode, but we never even see him until Appa alone or whatever that Appa's last days. days, And it's just like, they really, I mean, they, they did what they were intending to with this. It is heartbreaking and hard 
to watch these episodes that with are with. I feel like it, it, when I was wa- when I'm watching episodes where Ben and Leslie have broken up and are back together Oof. again, like that is how it feels to watch these episodes where Appa is gone. Oof. Yeah, it's crazy good comparison. Right? You're just you just feel like you're just like on walking on eggshells with yourself. You're like, don't think about it. Don't think about it. <laughs> You'll come back. They'll get back together. It'll be fine. Um, yeah. But I mean, that's just a sign of how amazingly written the show is. Cause it's like, if, if, if it were a worse show, it's like, who would like, Oh no, the animal companion's gone. Who cares? Like they just are inconvenienced for a little bit. It's no, like emotionally we're going through a lot because of this. Um, but I'm yeah. really excited by the fact that um, we also get a lot of bossing say like mentions in this episode, mm-hmm. and we establish like outright like Zuko, Iroh, and the group are all heading in this to the same place now. Um, and it's interest. It's just always so great to think about the way those storylines come together at the end of this book. I'm very excited. I uh, personally was a huge fan of just Zuko and Iroh having humble small lives. In a small town. <laughs> well, not small town. They're in Boston State. But you know what right. I mean. And like the community. Yeah. Uh, I love that for them. And I wanted that to to selfishly continue. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's kind of like the tragedy of the that final arc is just like they had it. They had it in their mm-hmm. hands. They could have just, if Zuko could have just let it go or if Azula just hadn't shown up. Maybe oh. that is what the rest of their lives were. Just living in Boston State and being happy together. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but the world had different plans, just like it had for me. If I was a character, a terrible, terrible plan for me. <laughs> <laughs> Tragic. You're constantly losing people. You don't get to keep your tea shop for very long. No, it blows up the second day after I opened. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough break. Um, but I'm also. Um, I feel like there were a lot of like little hints to future. I mean, obviously, White Lotus is going mm-hmm. to become a very. Oh yeah, that, okay, that was my thing. They it was just sort of like Zuko being like, "Don't you have any friends who don't want to kill you?" And then I was like, "Oh right, I'm part of a secret society that's like secretly controlling and saving the world." I, and first, I thought I was like, "Oh, you know what? I haven't talked to." Them. I thought it was more. The first time I watched this episode and that happens, I genuine and I admit I thought the same way because I just because I haven't seen the show in so long. But it felt like a, someone that doesn't want to kill me. It felt like, a, oh, I think I do know someone around yeah. here. No, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm part of a huge underground operation. Right, a secret cabal. Um, but I also do like, or I don't like this fact, is that Toph gets denied a vacation here, and then she gets denied a Zuko field trip later on in the series, too. Like, this poor girl. She just never is accruing vacation time, clearly. Also... In the Bossing Say episode when they all split up, like her thing is that she's going to see her parents and she thinking that she they're finally supporting her and then she gets kidnapped. And every but everyone else goes on it get, does what they were gonna be able to do. Toph right. gets the short end of the stick so many times. I know, poor Toph. It's it's how they balance out the fact that she's so capable in every other aspect of her life. That she she just has a little tough luck streak here. Yeah. Maybe they're like, no, she's a tough personality. She can handle it. But it's like, guys, give her a little break. Yeah. I mean, she does seem to take it on the chin most of the time. She just, like, writes it off or just laughs it off or whatever. But Oh, yeah. She deserves better. We'll say it. I, I would love to see whatever her vacation would have been. Right. I'm I sure she like has it... a good idea. She's from the Earth Kingdom. She knows this place better. 
yeah, yeah. this is like taking like if they all visited her like hometown and then they're all like well we all just want to go to these places and they don't even ask the local what are the best places to go they're all just going to the tourist spots they're going to the touristy spots from 100 years ago yeah even worse yeah we want to go to the statue of liberty guys i know this really cool dive bar down in lower bossing (laughs) say she can see it underground like she knows the best underground places literally she literally knows the inside and out of that whole t- place. She does, yeah. It's like the it's back strange. of her hand, if she could see it. And they just want to go to, like, JCPenney. I don't know. Come on. JCPenney? <laughs> yeah, you know, you go to a new town, you're like, take me to the JCPenney. Happens every time. In seventh grade, I was in Colonial Williamsburg, and my friends ate at a Starbucks in a Barnes & Noble. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I mean, to be fair, that is error appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was very themed. It was very on theme. Uh, otherwise, like obviously, they go back to the desert and like the library is. I they like meet. They see the professor or something in in Cora. They go to the library they, and then they also do like something with the library in the spirit world. Don't they um, see the professor's bones? Yes, you do see the professor's skeleton in that. Um, we, but yeah, like you said, we do go to the Misty Palms Oasis again in Korra. Um, Zuko Great actually fight sequences in that, mm-hmm. in that, in those episodes. Yeah, and sadly, we don't get to see the giant sand monster that we do in Korra here, which seems like again, like a sand ship. It just seems like you just gotta have the giant sandworm. Big yeah. Dune energy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, anything else in this episode, though? Really? I mean, obviously, I mean. This episode makes me appreciate Aang's decision at the end of the series a little more, like, um, just in terms of, like, seeing Aang at such a low point here and he chooses to actively harm a creature and presumably Mm. kill it, but then it's like, I can appreciate the fact that later on in the series he decides against that. He's no longer that guy who's going to let his emotions allow him to take a life anymore. Yeah, I Um, like that in the grand scheme of things. I do like... uh... It shows that he has grown. He's a kid, but he's this whole journey, he's had to grow up a little. Right. Yeah. So that's another thing I thought about in that moment. Is like, I'm glad at the end of the thing, like, it's, I don't know. Like, I've, <laughs> I go back and forth in terms of like that final, like, decision on Ang's part. But I, as the years have gone by, I'm kind of like on Ang's side, I think, more so than I was when I was a child who just wanted to see some like heads get chopped off or something. I don't know. <laughs> you just yeah. want to see a brutal murder. <laughs> yeah, just a snuff film in animated form. I think that if you can use the non-lethal force, definitely go for it. But I just feel like less than a kid, less than a year ago, you were ready to strike down a buzzard bee for no reason. And that guy wasn't going to destroy the entire world. It's like That guy was also actively moved on from you. Yeah, I mean, you don't know where that buzzard bee was flying. True. I've got important information I'm going to tell the Fire Nation. <laughs> <laughs> if a buzzard bee flaps its wings, you know. Etc. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, any other uh, thoughts on like where this episode is leading? Any future things you're excited for? I mean, then I'm honest- so- oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Matt, you go. I, mine was a joke. <laughs> oh. I won't. Now I want to hear it. I was going to say, well, I'm excited to find out the secret of the Fire Nation next week. Mm. Um, yeah, that is the, I, I guess, guess, official, but not of. I, I don't remember when they started calling it that. 
Um, but it's it was billed know. as that when it aired, and then I never yeah. heard about it again for the last fifteen years. And then on Netflix, I didn't notice this until today when my episode ended. But it said, "Play next episode, Secret of the Fire Nation," and they're calling it that. And the title cards don't even say it though. It's weird. What? How did they remember that that was what it was called? I don't Who did the know. marketing it's, for that? <laughs> I don't know. It's very upsetting. It really messes with the whole like sort of structure of the show's titling. But it, do, it does sound like a classic uh, TV network move to do something like that, though. Yeah, I think we've talked about it before, but it's like there's not it's like what the secret is just that they have a drill. That's the secret. It's like not a big secret, especially when you're like when you've watched this episode and you get to the secret of the Fire Nation, you just see that phrase. You're thinking, oh, darkest day, something to do with that. That was the big secret we were going to learn. But it's yeah, this, not these, really this pair of episodes is much more about the secret of the Fire Nation. Yeah, like but I mean, the, the secret of the Fire Nation in these upcoming episodes is very Alyssa's secret and just sort of like, who knows what it is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in the library, we learn all about the solar eclipse and like, wait a minute, this is it. This is how we can stop them or whatever. That's a big moment. Maybe it should have been the secret of the Fire Nation and then the other secret of the Fire Nation. <laughs> and then another secret of the Fire Nation. Yeah, yet another. <laughs> Why didn't they just start book one, episode one, and book one, episode two? Those should have been paired together as secret of the Fire Nation. Book, I mean, chapter, they, I'm saying chapter one, chapter two. Chapter three, chapter four of book one, secret of the Fire Nation two. Chapter five and chapter six of Book One, Secret of the Fire Nation three. Just go mm -hmm. on and label every episode that way. I think yeah. that would be the way to handle it if they were yeah, going to go with those. We get to Secret of the Fire Nation, Tokyo Drift, um, <laughs> two, two Secret, two Fire Nation, all of them. <laughs> oh yeah, the Furious Fire Nation. <laughs> yeah, Fate of the Fire Nation with an eight. Secret five. <laughs> um, yeah. And but now, what were you? What were you going to say? Are you excited about anything from the from this episode? No, I mean, I mean, I kind of had already said it now that I'm realizing it, but uh, just excited to see, excited to see Zuko. I guess I was just excited that Zuko and Iroh were going to Boxing Say and having their fun neighborhood community activities. And then, of course, thinking about that made me think of Tales of Boxing Say, mm -hmm. which I'm sure a million people always say this, but it is maybe arguably my favorite episode of the show. Uh, but I wouldn't. I, mean, I wouldn't say it's the. It's not. I wouldn't say it's the best episode of the show. But like, it's a. It's a nice break of format. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, they play with format a lot in this season. We got. We get a Zuko solo episode. We get an Appa solo yeah. episode, and then we get that sort of vignette structure in that. Um, part of the many many reasons why this is easily my favorite book of Avatar or Korra, forever and ever. Amen. It's it's top notch. from the heavens to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that's about all I've got to say on these episodes. Excited to get to Bossing Say. We've um, just got this. Two, we've got it. Well, we're seeing Suki next week. Thrilled about <gasps> it. And oh, Jet. Suki. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, can I just I, say this is a, this is the, where we can say spoilers, right? Yeah. Did not give a shit when Jet. <laughs> Name. I was it's, like, Appa's a safe and okay. I don't care about anything else. Yeah. It's I a price really, we were all willing to pay. I, I don't really think, care about Jet. I did not cry when Dobby or Hedwig died the first time. <laughs> Just yeah. These are not the affecting deaths that I maybe, care for. Maybe this is also me being a little biased, but the first time we ever meet the character, and he's like, I'm Jet. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> 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 it was, 
It was like a guttural reaction I had. Maybe this time around I'll shed a tear for the old freedom fighter, but I'm not seeing it so far. I doubt it. Yeah, he's not, he's like he's at the bottom ranking of the freedom fighters for me, honestly. It's like Smeller B, Longshot, sure. If they bit it, I would be devastated. But they both get out of their life, presumably. So I'm excited for them to come back. I they're good characters, and I'm glad that they're choosing them to resurrect much along like or much like the rough rhinos yes oh i still want to hear them sing right so one of the many things left unsaid in the show but they could sing for an angel (laughs) oh my god well well you'll have to pay for their only fans which must be a website suki (laughs) likes to use oh wow wow um Damn, that, that was, was good. <laughs> I, there's nowhere to go from here, from no. that. So, uh, so you can Matt, follow, you want to? Oh yeah, yeah, go for you. You can find us. Uh, you know where to. I was just gonna say, please rate and review us on iTunes. Mm. We'd love to hear it. Matt, why don't you plug it on up? All right, here's some quick plugs for you freaks out there. On Twitter.com, you can follow me at Matt Rain. That's Matt underscore Rain. I'm on Instagram at but I'm Matt Rain, all one word. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll uh, I'll do some improv thing online, and I'll, you'll find it out though through those two accounts. So there you go. Nice, nicely said. Also, um, uh, review, listen to this podcast and Word on the Streets, and give them some good ratings, folks. They're quality podcasts. Well, thanks, Matt. Uh, to piggyback off of that comment. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to echo what he said and check out Word on the Straits STR8S on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Sam Stanish, spelled like it sounds. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Rain Dierks on Twitter. You can find us at Bitter Tours Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah. Thank you oh. once again, Matt, for joining us. Oh, what's up? Of course. I just want to say uh, Derek has a great Twitter account and I've become a big fan. Wow. Thanks. That means everything to me because that's my entire personality now. I just am tw- on Twitter. <laughs> well, welcome. <laughs> he's, a, he's a Twitter king, and I would fully endorse following him, even though I don't. <laughs> it's oh, a wow. very exclusive club now, <laughs> much like if, the White Lotus Society. If Nick Miller cared even one lick about Avatar The Last Airbender, he'd be here, but he does not. So, okay. Well, thank you, Matt, for joining us. Thank you, Bitter Judies, for listening. Um, See y'all next week. Bye. Bye.